Hello and welcome back to Leading the Line. It is the year 2020. It may have been the last decade, it may have been not. It depends what your stance in that situation is. But I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas period. Um, the Scottish season is still a few weeks away. Oh, by the way, Chris Marshall, I'm your host back again. Um, but yeah, Scottish season is a few weeks away. But I thought it'd be good to get a wee, a wee flavour of what's going on with the Scottish players that are playing down in England in the FAWSL. There's been an article go up on the site, but I thought... Well, Joe, I thought, I mean, I could give you the numbers, but I thought what I would do is I'd get an expert on to, to talk us through how they're getting on uh, in uh, this so far this season. And I brought on um, a, a writer with possibly the best nickname in journalism, Sophie. Um, I've got Sophie Lawson here, also known as the David Attenborough of Women's Football. How are you doing, Sophie? Uh, I'm fine, thanks. And I think that, that moniker is starting to follow me around a little bit too much. Is it something you want to maybe get changed at some point? Uh, that or I just, I'll just... I, I need to embrace it and actually get my name changed by deed poll or just need to, to nix it. I'm not, I'm not sure yet. We'll see. Cool. Well, I quite like it. So, I mean, worst case scenario, you could put it on a T-shirt and try and make some dollar dollar out of it. So maybe that's something to do. Um, before we get started, Sophie, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit in terms of who you are, what you're doing, why I thought you're the best person to come and do this for us today? Uh, I'm, I'm Sophie Lawson. I write about women's football, uh, travel all over Europe, trying to watch as much as I can, uh, been featured uh, in The Guardian and various other sites and, and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I think that's probably probably why. Awesome. Yeah, um, I always enjoy watching your kind of, your travels. I think it's always something that's definitely worthwhile if you follow Sophie and we'll give you a wee chance to do a plug at the end as well. Um, but yeah, we're here to talk about the Scottish talent in the FAWSL. And I thought, Sophie, before we get started... Um, and we look at the players that are playing there this season. What's been the impact kind of overall over the last few years of Scottish players uh, down in England? Um, I think it's 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 been positive. It's it I think it's pretty useful with the, the rise of WSL that, that Scottish players can just come south of the border and, and and try their hand at professional football instead of going further afield as they have done in in previous years. And they've you know we've, we've seen them sort of in a, a variety of teams and. And a variety of positions, and, and and just generally adding to to to, to the talent we, we've got. Yeah, I mean, there's been some really standout. I think Julie Fleeton's the one that immediately comes to mind with her, her spell at Arsenal, and I think maybe Arsenal's kind of where I want to start with this one, Sophie, because Arsenal have been very successful recently, and there's been a, a Scottish core to that. Um, this season, there are three players at Arsenal. There is four, but Emma Mitchell's on loan at, at Spurs. That's just happened in the, in the January window, but. Yeah, they have Kim Little, who's very much synonymous with Arsenal. I think that's probably fair to say, Sophie. Yeah, I mean, I think people will argue that she's quite famous with a Seattle Reign, but but yeah, I think Arsenal quite quite prominent and uh, and and one one of the, the the stars of 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 WSL sort of since its inception. Yeah, and I think that's something that's to bear in mind that the players we're going to be talking about here. It's not just that they're they're stars for their team, that they're stars for the league and are part of the selling point and you're quite right to mention Kim's spell in America as well but she's also joined there by Lisa Evans and Jen Beattie and in terms of this season how, how have they been getting on at Arsenal? Not too badly um, uh, well, I mean Arsenal are top, top of the table so that, that generally helps but uh, I think it's been it's been nice for Arsenal having Jen Beattie back after a few years with Man City uh, she's offering something a little bit different in defence with with Leah Williamson, and I think her her passing stats are kind of bar none for the league. She's she's um also 
I think been responsible for some like the most deep ball progressions in WSL this season as well, or or was a few matches ago. So I think everyone's sort of chipping in, and and because it is a, a small squad, you kind of see more more sides to each player. Yeah, I mean, I think Lisa Evans has played in every game so far this season, and I think Kimlet has only missed one, which was the 11-1 game, which was a, a game to miss, um, certainly. But in terms of kind of going forward for the rest of the season, you've mentioned the small squad. Arsenal are still obviously in the, the UEFA Women's Champions League as well. Um, do you think that squad is going to get stretched a little bit? Do you expect them to add some more faces to it? And do you think the Scottish players could be impacted at all by that? I think it's... The coach, uh, Joe Montemoreau, likes working with, with the scores a small squad so there's only ever a finite amount of players he's ever going to really look to add but it, it's tough when you're in every competition and you've got midweek games popping up with a small squad because because you have such a quick turnover and it, it's something that I think people outside of Arsenal are more worried about than those, those in Arsenal but you you know with someone like Lisa she can play in defence or attack you can put Jen in, into midfield instead of having her at centre back, so I think having those adaptable players, especially in a small squad, if you do pick up the odd injury, is it's just you're going to see more of them. I'm glad you brought up the adaptability. Well, adaptability, easy for you to say. <laughs> adaptability of the players, because uh, Lisa Evans is one in particular who, for me, it feels like she can play anywhere on that that right hand side. Do you think she's got a best position in that Arsenal setup, or is it a case of? Because she is so versatile, she kind of fits in in all the roles that, that Joe Montemurro might ask her to do. It's, Arsenal have a, a horrible history of signing uh, wide attackers and repurposing them as, as fullbacks. But it's, um, it's, I think it's nice that she's added that to her game. And then obviously, you know, it means that you can move her around in match if necessary. But I think one, one of the, the bright points for, for a player like Lisa is is that the partnership she's built up um, with uh, Viviana Miedemar. And, and I think in that 11-goal 11, uh, 11 game, that there was a lot of um, interplay between the two. So I think it does benefit Arsenal when they can push her higher up the pitch. But there is sort of a lot of competition in, uh, in, in the wide areas of attack. Yeah, and you mentioned this repurposing of fullbacks, and obviously Emma Mitchell, who had a severe injury, she, she kind of missed out in the World Cup for Scotland in the summer. Um, but she's gone out and loaned to Tottenham Hotspur. Are you surprised by that, given, as you mentioned, the, the way the fullbacks kind of work at Arsenal? A, a little bit. I, I, I know a lot of people are surprised that it's it's Spurs or teams, but I I think she's probably fallen a little bit out of the pecking order. Um, and her, her move to Spurs is kind of more about building up her minutes on the pitch, building up her confidence, and then coming back to Arsenal to see if she, she features more more in, in, in the plans moving forward into, into next season. But it, it's it's not a huge surprise considering how long she, she has been out. It's just a shame that they're losing one of their natural fullbacks. Yeah, and I mean, I think left-back is maybe a, a position in the Scotland team that maybe hasn't quite been nailed down by anybody yet, so it'd be good to see her get some game time. Obviously, she came on after the game was kind of gone uh, for them on Sunday against Manchester City. And let's move on to Manchester City. There's only one Scott there, Caroline Weir. But I think if they, I think of all the Scottish players that maybe people didn't know a lot about over the summer, I think Caroline Weir, from a, a Scottish general public perspective, kind of has come to the fore and... I think she's really been coming to four for, for Manchester City this season. Um, I think at, at the time of recording, she had produced the most um, goal contributions. I think Kim Lett was actually superseded there with a goal at the weekend against Birmingham. But 
Caroline Weir's a player that's come on a lot in the last few months, and she's a very key part of Manchester City. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I, she's been in, in WSL for, for quite a few years, bouncing between clubs. And I know that she was a player that Nick Cushing and Man City have, have targeted long before they actually managed to, 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 to sign her. And she, she's fit in, into the squad really well. And as you say, she's she's got some of the highest goal contributions in the league. I think last season as well, her and her and Jisoo Young were were the two most creative players in the league for, for, for chances. So I, I think when you look at Man City, you'll sort of talk about Ellen White or you'll talk about some of the attackers they have or have had. And you you forget about Caroline Weir and all her contributions from from midfield, but th- there is a huge amount of work she does in, in that team to keep them ticking over an attack. In terms of her position in the midfield, Sophie, do you think that she's... Because one of the conversations I had with a lot of people during the World Cup was she seemed to be sitting very deep for Scotland and we would like to have seen her a little bit further forward. She sits quite deep for Manchester City as well. Do you think that that's her, her best position or do you think she could play up the park a little bit more when she needs to? I think in, in general, at the World Cup, everyone for Scotland was sitting pretty deep. Um, yeah. <laughs> which, which didn't really help. Um, I, I I think she likes to be that little bit further back. Um, so maybe not necessarily the ten, but sort of just a little bit further further back where she can move around a bit more. But I think it's if you've got a system in which you 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 give her the reins to move like Kim Little or or Jordan Nobbs at, at Arsenal, that I think that's probably she's one of those players that's best when she can float about without sort of nailing her in one particular role or another. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing she is, she likes a shot. I think she's up yeah. there with uh, Martha Thomas in terms of most shots for a Scottish player so far this season. Um, but she can pull it off, obviously, that that opener against Manchester United in the first game of the season that, yeah. that they had. But um, she's a real attacking threat from her, her shooting from range as well. And that's something that I think grow, she's grown as well as, as she's developed. Yeah, and it's, I mean, if you are sitting further back, in midfield, then it's it's not a bad thing to have is it a shot from range. I think it's it's all kind of part part and parcel of her her development and and sort of understanding her own role on the pitch. Um, now we are recording this on the day that Nick Cushions obviously announced that he's going to be joining New York City, uh, the men's side, as, as assistant. Do you think his departure is going to have any effect on Caroline? Or do you think that she's one of these players that, um, given the opportunity underneath a new manager, that she she'll thrive once again? I think she's maybe not first name on the team sheet, but she's got a pretty pretty solid spot in that team. And and depending on who after uh, comes in after the interim manager, you know, it, it it could be it could be her taking the next step in her development, or or it might not be. It's 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 hard to tell, and until you kind of have a picture of of what happens after Cushing leaves. Yeah, and that, that will be interesting. Obviously, happening kind of start of February time, so that's something to see. Um, let's move to third place in the league, and we've got more squats there as well, which is great to see. Um, the big news at Chelsea, Sophie, has obviously been the arrival of Sam Kerr. Can I just get your thoughts on that quickly in terms of what that means for the, the, the WSL and the kind of game in the UK in general? It just it means we're going to have more players who, when you talk to them after a match, are going to complain it's cold. That's that's pretty much for me all, all it means. Um, <laughs> No, it's I think it, it's it's good for for the league to to bring in more players from you know from AFC you know if we can bring in more players from South America from from Africa as well it just adds to to what we have in the league and and you know it it develops the players around the players 
So, so you've got a lot of variance with, with personality and, and style at Chelsea. So everyone is going to improve off everyone else. And it's so bringing Kerr in is, is good news for, for Aaron and, and, and for, uh, for Jamie Lee. Yeah, so let, let's talk about Erin first of all, because she kind of had a, an injury hit start to the season and um, got a first goal of the uh, first goal of the season against Reading at the weekend. Um, Sam Kerr is obviously somebody that's great to learn off of, but there's a lot of players in that that front end for Chelsea at the moment. As we've got Beth England who started the season very well, and Mona Backman has been injured. Where, where do you see Erin fitting in in that dynamic? And then we'll talk about Jamie Lee as well, because personally from a Scottish perspective, I'm really excited to see her at Chelsea. But from Erin's perspective. Where, where do you see her fitting in in that, that kind of front line for Chelsea? I think it's it's kind of... It, it, I would say more of a... It's a, sele- it's a selection headache for um for Emma because she's got so many attackers that are going to want to be on the pitch and going to be vying for for, 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 um, for, for starts. So I think it, it's just about sort of looking, for, from her point of view, at who's doing what in training. I think we can kind of assume Sam Kerr is going to be playing more frequently than not. So it's about who fits in around her. Uh, at the moment, you know, there's, there's a good argument that, that she she can work in tandem w- with Erin. And say if you put uh, Beth England through the middle and uh, Cuthbert and and uh, and Kerr out wide, that could work. But it's I think that there are a lot of moving pieces in that attack, and we kind of need to see a few variations of it to really get a feel for for where it's going to go. Yeah, I, I think I've seen a couple of the arguments with Chelsea at the moment is because they don't have European football, that that squad feels a little bit bulkier than maybe it would do if they were playing in the Champions League at the moment for this season. Exactly, but they that does mean that they can play about a bit more, and they can really go go hard for the league and and go hard for 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 both cups, which is you know it's I, I think when when you compare it with say Arsenal who don't have a deep squad but are in Europe. It's it, it's it's a tricky one to to try and get that squad balanced because if Chelsea are back in Europe next year, then they have all the players ready. So it's 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 a tough one. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about Jamie Lee Napier. Um, being Scottish, I'm a big mark for Jamie Lee. She's mm-hmm. uh, had a really good season in the SWPL in 2019, 22 goals from 33. She spent a lot of her time playing up front, which she admits herself and Grant Scott, her manager at Burnley at the time, isn't her position. Um, she's very versatile, Sophie. So I'm interested to see from a from a, a Chelsea looking at Chelsea as a holistically. She she kind of plays can kind of play anywhere. I think I've seen her play everywhere. If I'm being honest, Sophie. Um, where do you think Jamie Lee can fit into that that Chelsea squad at the moment? At the moment, I, I unfortunately uh, I can I see her fitting in on the bench more than anything. Um, because so you've got your your traditional sort of centre forward here, and you've got your your wide players, and and you've got your ten and and, and whatnot. But I think what it means is that she can come on in, in different games and, and take on different roles. And so Emma can sort of try her out. Oh, we're going to take her off. Oh, we could use a winger or we could put Jamie through the centre or we play her a little deeper. And then you can you can get a better sense for where she might be developing for, for, for Chelsea as, as they, again, as they move forward. But at the moment, I think her, her, um, her ability can play anywhere. Will, will really help Chelsea moving forward because then she's she's always going to be an option on the bench. And from, from somebody, one of the things that was mentioned when Jamie Lee time for Chelsea is obviously the work that Emma Emma Hayes had done with Erin Cuthbert in terms of bringing her game on. In terms of when Erin Cuthbert arrived at Chelsea into the players she's become now, and to be honest, she's, she's pretty much kind of Scotland's talisman. You can say talisman. Yeah. Um, what kind of evolution have you seen with Erin Cuthbert from when she arrived initially at Chelsea to, to the player she is now? 
think I think it might be fair to say she's she's grown in confidence. Um, not, not to say that she was a, sort of a very shy player to begin with, but I think she's she's had to work for for, for her time on the pitch. She's had to prove herself, and it's it's just it means that she's just that little bit more gritty, that little bit more resilient uh, when when she plays. And you see sort of like the the goal she scored against Leon last year, or the goal against Jamaica. That that's that's a confident, happy player, and that kind of comes from from being happy in her surroundings at Chelsea and unaware of, of how well her season's going and, and her own progression. Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see how they both get on in the second half. I think you're pointing about Jamie Lee's probably right. I think her versatility will help in the bedding and in process. And personally, I wasn't expected to go down and get 15 minutes straight away. So it was nice to see you see her coming on for those last few minutes of the weekend. Um Let's talk about some of the names that may be a bit newer to Scottish football fans, especially Scottish women's football fans. Um, obviously, the World Cup, the end of it sucked. We're not going to dwell on that. <laughs> yeah, let's just move on. Um, but I think there was a there was a realisation that the squad needed a little bit of freshening up. Um, and when the squad was announced, uh, there was kind of some familiar faces, some older faces. But then there was kind of three faces that maybe were quite new to for some people. I, w- I want to start with Kirsty Hansen, first of all, because I think... She's probably had the biggest impact. She she started against Albania uh, when we won 5-0 in that, that European qualifier. And she's also had a, a pretty good season for Manchester United so far, although she doesn't necessarily always start. Yeah. It's, I think I remember watching her when she signed for, for Donny Bells a few years ago. And she looked, she looked really good, but she just looked really, really shy. But then you get yeah on the pitch and she kind of lights it up. Um, I think what we, what we've seen is she she had a lot of minutes uh, last season in the championship. Is I think with 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 Casey Stoney, she's just trying to balance out those minutes with with, with Hanson because it is it is such a step up from from the second tier to to the top tier. I think it's just about bringing her up and and raising her level and and getting her comfortable playing in WSL where she can really compete and and go up against the the better defenders in the league. But I, I think you know in terms of potential. She, she's right up there and I think just another in the, the long line of very talented uh, Scottish footballers who, who, in in attack. Yeah, it seems to be somewhere that we're doing quite well at the moment, uh, uh, doing the attack in third. At Manchester United, there is actually a decent core of Scottish players, but I would say Kirsty Hansen is probably the only one that's really shone this season in any way. She obviously won Player of the Month in October, I want to say. Um but you've also got Jane Ross, who came in from West Ham, obviously brings a lot of experience to the front line, but she's obviously up against Lauren James, who's a completely different type of player. And you've got Lizzie Arnott and Kirsty Smith. What's your take on how the, the other Scots at, at Manchester United have been getting on this season? I think they've, they've overall, it's not been, again, like uh, like, like Hanson, they, they haven't had the, the minutes this season. Um and it's a lot. It's a lot tough because I know that um, Stoney was really keen to bring in Jane Ross from West Ham, but uh, she doesn't. If you put Lauren James uh, on for Man United, you've got a lot more sort of flexibility in your attack. Whereas Jane Ross is, it's a little bit more rigid. So I think you know Stoney, as so far this season at least, has has liked on the pitch the the, the freedom of rather having uh, James over Ross. But I think it does help. Just the team in general having that experienced player in in Jane, and I think I think Lizzie and and and, and Kirsty have had sort of the same same issues. It's just trying to find the minutes and improve themselves to be ready for for the level of of WSL. But um, it's, it's a little bit hit and miss there at the minute. 
Yeah, and I mean, I think Lizzie only got her first minutes of the season at the weekend in the defeat to Bristol City. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see how they progress. Could you see any of them, maybe particularly Kirsty and Lizzie, maybe moving on somewhere else over the, the course of the window for the second half of the season at all? Um, maybe, maybe sort of out on loan, but I wouldn't wouldn't expect any major movements. Um, just because they were they were the sort of the core of the players that that Stoney brought in when she she set up the squad. So there is you know an idea of a long term goal with them, but I think we have to give them a full season in WSL, and then I think their manager is going to look at if they can improve, if they'd be better in another team, or, or what what is best for them as as well as the team. Yeah, as I said, I hope they get a chance to prove it, as you say, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, let's talk about the first player that actually got caused, called up uh, after the World Cup that caused a bit of a star uh, up here, which is Martha Thomas, who kind of came out of nowhere. Um, yeah. um, she plays for West Ham at the moment. She has uh, the highest expected goal so far this season uh, for any Scottish player. Um, can you just tell us a little bit more about her? I, I'll let you kind of do the, the, the biography, shall we say, of this part. Uh she uh, she's actually a um USA under 23 international i believe um because she moved to the US when she was younger but um yeah she she kind of came out of nowhere very much a, a Matt Beard signing he's he's known for kind of pl- plucking players out out from, from the middle of nowhere she was one of the few players who came over from um, La Havre who was so she was playing second tier football in France uh, which is amazing that she's just taken up, taken the step right up to to WSL so well. Um, she's, I think she, I'd say sort of good old fashioned attacker would probably cover it for 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 Thomas. Um, unfortunately, she, like a lot of West Ham players or a lot of Scottish players as well, has, has been injured um, recently, so I haven't seen uh, as much of her uh, at, at the end of uh, the uh, at the end of 2019 as, as at the start of the season, but um. I think she she offers Scotland something different in attack, and maybe as sort of Jane Ross or other players, sort of the other strikers start to get a little bit older and maybe fall out of favour. It's 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 great to have a player like Martha coming through, still very young, still very keen to impress, and 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 just offer something a little bit different for Shelley Kerr. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really interested this year in a Scotland shirt. I think your your points about Jane Ross are really good. She is a, a very good player in terms of holding the ball up and keeping almost like a pivot for the people around about her. Um, but I think maybe what Scotland missed a little bit the World Cup was a variety to bring somebody on at that very top end. You have Erin Cuthbert, but she operates for Scotland anyway a little bit better further behind. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see Martha Thomas and then Hannah Godfrey who appeared into the squad after a couple of calls, um, then started the game against Albania and scored a goal. Um, she plays for Tottenham Hotspur at the moment. Um, yeah, another player that kind of was plucked out of the blue from what from what a lot of us up here knew at the time. Mm. Um, well, uh, like like Martha Thomas, she had been playing um, recently in in the uh, American college system. Uh, so she's she's again pretty fresh to um, to professional football, although she did come through Manchester City's development squad I think when she was younger and she spent a little bit of time at Blackburn I think um so it, it, it's, it was a again quite a strange signing for Spurs but she really hit the ground running in their first match of the season uh, against Chelsea she looked very composed and very confident uh, in in defense and she's actually actually been one of the um the, the better performers uh in, in WSL for, for my money anyway um, in in a, you know a centre back role, 
uh, she's just taken to the league really well and is, is already a, a pretty integral part of that Spurs team and couldn't could maybe offer something a little bit different in in the defense even though you're even though you've got you know Rachel Corsi and Jen Beatty as well as Sophie Howard are all going to be fighting for those those centre-back spots yeah, and um, as I said, it was it was kind of she kind of came into squad, started and then scored. And I mean, I don't think it could have got any better for her in terms of a, a debut. But it's interesting to see um, Shelley Kerr use that that collegiate system that's obviously so well known, and the number of players that kind of go back and forth all over the world to that now, uh, in terms of getting players across. In terms of other Scottish talent in the, in the league, I mean, um, is there anything else that's, that's stood out so far for you this season um, across the board? I mean, Chloe Arthur's one that's in terms of the stats. It certainly stood out um, in terms of, I think she's maybe the fifth best passer of, of, of Scottish nature. She's the most fouled Scot as well in the league. But is there anybody else Scottish that maybe you haven't talked about yet or somebody that you think maybe could be given a little bit more? Um, I mean, we've got quite a few of them, but quite quite a few of them have, have been injured uh, during during the season. Um, I'd say the um, the Abbeys, Harrison and, and Grant, have, uh, well, Abby Harrison until she got injured at least, uh, but looking quite quite good in the league. Um, I was watching uh, Abby Grant against uh, Arsenal a few days ago. Was was really putting putting in a shift for, for Birmingham and maybe hasn't scored yeah that many goals or it's been, it's been a sort of tough season for Birmingham. So with, with her and, and Chloe Arthur uh, in in the team, but I think they're they're adding sort of to the depth the, the depth and 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 the quality of of, of that Birmingham squad. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Abby Harrison that's a sofa because she was a player who absolutely lit up the Scottish League for a couple of seasons. Went down to Bristol City, maybe took a while to adjust. Uh, and obviously she kind of started getting game time at the start of this season. Um, and yeah, it was really disappointing for her to get that ACL injury. That's that's probably her for the season. But in that short spell, did it look like she was acclimatising to, to that kind of reasoning and standard? Uh, from what I saw, uh, yeah, she, she looked again, she looked pretty comfortable in the league. Again, Bristol aren't a team that are going to, Really go up against uh, everyone else in the league and say we're here, we're gonna we're gonna smash a few goals in. But with what what they can put out, I thought that that Abby Harrison, she was she was a good signing and was working well in in the setup and 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 creating and looking looking dangerous and really giving them some some bright moments. That that ACL injury was was a real shame. Yeah, it really was. I think uh, anybody who's watched Abby Harrison up in Scotland, I think the feeling was before she went down was sometimes she wasn't even trying and she was still being one of the best players on the pitch so um, I, yeah I was really disappointed to see her get injured hopefully she comes back really soon um, and we get to see her do the business once again uh, I'll tell you what I'm going to put you on the spot then just now Sophie um, who do you think so far this season has been kind of the Scottish MVP in the league who's, who's the one that's really maybe been just above everybody else uh, don't don't make me choose um, I, I mean I'll let you meander around it and then you can see a couple if you like I, 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 you know players like like Caroline Weir and, and and Kim Little are always gonna do do nice things in games and and look very very good, but then you've got sort of your players more like Hannah Godfrey Godfrey who just pour on do the job, go home maybe don't get the the glory that that, that someone like um Kim Little or even Erin uh, Cuthbert would. Um, I think uh, just for for the start to the season they've had and. And how well they've they've um, come out of the blocks. Uh, I think uh, Lucy Graham has has probably earned, earned her spot, sort of somewhere up near the top of uh, top, uh, the top of the tree for, for Scottish players. She's uh, she's doing really well under under Willie Kirk at Everton. 
yeah, glad you mentioned Lucy as well. This is why it's so good having you on, Sophie, because you'll pick up the slack on anybody I've missed out. But yeah, you're right. She's obviously moved moved to Everton, become captain as well, um, mm-hmm. and working with Willie Kirk seems to really benefit her. And I think, do you think maybe when Everton finally get their move into the city of Liverpool, that'll help? Obviously, the side and then maybe help their squad in, in general just kind of get a little extra oomph. Hopefully. Um, they're a little bit nowhere, in the middle of nowhere uh, in Southport. So hopefully they'll get a, a few more fans in when, when they do move closer to the city centre. And, and that will, you know, ho- hopefully help help the team as well. And, and they'll continue to grow because they have, they really have uh, kicked on since, since Kirk came in. And I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I think I've actually been expecting him to sign more, more players from Scotland that he worked with um, when he was at Hibs. Is it Hibs? Yeah, it was Hibs, yeah. Yeah, don't want to get the wrong team. Um, <laughs> but yeah, because um, we've seen him, uh, especially d- during his time at Bristol as well, that he was he was very good at, at bringing in those those Scottish players, like Chloe Arthur um, and, and Claire Emsley, of course. But uh, so hopefully that the move will help them and, and maybe he'll go back back to, to Scotland and uh, pick, pluck a few more players and, and bring them down. Well, it might be a little bit more difficult for him now, obviously, given some with, of the... With the professional, the, yeah. Yeah, with the Rangers Celtic and professional, Glasgow City will obviously have to, to rise to that as well. But let, I'll tell you what, let's, let's give, before we kind of wrap up, let's give a wee word to Billy Kirk as well, because he's just one manager of the month, and he's actually doing a very good job at Everton. And actually, I have to say, I think Everton one of the teams that I kind of pull for a little bit just now. And I don't know if it's because it's got a Scottish manager, and I'm a big fan of Lucy Graham. But... Um, He's done. He's done a really good job. Obviously, his progression has has I think probably helped him in that respect as well. Absolutely, and I think when he left Man United, a lot of people were going, "What are you doing? You, know, you were in a very good. You know, you'd left Bristol. You're you're in a good job here. Everton are a bit of a mess. Why why would you do that?" But I think he's he's had a lot of. Um, you know, the board said, "Look, you can you can have this. We can. You know, we want to be a, a, a force in WSL again because." You go back long, far enough, then then Everton were one of the the, the best teams in England, and they I said they'd start to stagnate a little bit. They, they had a lot of young players. Maybe there wasn't the nice the, the right mix of, of experience um, on the pitch or or even in the dugout. So you know, Kirk go, going to Everton, he's brought in experience. He's brought in just different ideas that have really helped gel the team, galvanise them, bringing in different players like uh, Corpola. Um, in, into goal is is I mean amazing that that Everton got her, but it, it it just shows a little bit more range in in the squad, and I think that's really really helping because it, I think things had stagnated quite quite a bit there. Yeah, I think I think the thing for Everton me just now as a whole is they're interesting. There's something there's something about them that I can't quite put my finger on, but I'm always interested to see what they're doing and what's happening next with them. So yeah, um, really interesting. You talked. You kind of briefly mentioned it there, which obviously the Rangers and Celtic have announced recently they're going professional. Um, we've just come off of the back of the season where Glasgow City have won 13 titles in a row up in Scotland, and they're in the quarterfinals of the Champions League facing Wolfsburg, where everybody is just hoping it's not as bad as we all think it might be. Um, but in terms of in terms of coverage of the Scottish game in England, do you get to see much of it? Is it still very much a case of you're relying on stuff like leading the line? Um, to kind of provide that information, or does it, does it trickle down as it, as it comes? 
from from what I've seen, and and I do actually spend quite quite a lot of my downline. There there isn't a huge amount. There there are bits and bobs, say like the teams are like Rangers going professional and whatnot. But it, I I just do rely on, on yourself and and people like Alan Campbell to sort of check up, make sure I know what's going on. Uh, which is may, maybe as, as as Rangers and Celtic start throwing their weight around a little bit more, there will be a little bit more coverage. But at the moment, it's 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 pretty minimal. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And I was just curious to see if that translated from uh, somebody who's in that part of the world. Um, you mentioned you also like to travel a bit a lot for football. And I had one final question for you, and that's about um, the Damal Svenskin, which I learned yeah. how to spell off the top of my head, which I'm so proud of. Maybe the favourite thing I've learned in the last month. Um, and uh, Hibernian have lost a number of players again this season. And one has been Kaylin Mickey, and she's gone to Patia. Um Galen's versatile. She kind of plays full back and can also play kind of defensive mid. Uh, could you just kind of share for the, anybody that's listening who is kind of curious what are Patia like? I think they're the Swedish champions at the moment. Is that right? Uh, champions uh, season before last. Ah, so uh, champions in in 2018 for for 2019. Um, they're then then they're um they're a good team. They've got a, a very good coach in uh, in Sterling uh, Carlson, but um they they play. Right at the top of Sweden in the extreme north, and I think it. I think when they go into preseason in January, it's about minus thirty out. Um, so it's it's a little bit hard for them to coax players up. Um, but they they play a really sort of a very composed, slightly more defensive style generally. But they they're very they're very good at home. They, they've made it um made it quite quite a fortress but they did have uh they lost a, a lot of players and um, yeah they had a, a mass exodus at the end of last season unfortunately so i think it's a bit more of a rebuild um for 2020 that they want to do and just get back to a little bit closer to the team they were in in 2018 when when they won the title but it's it's always nice to see you know swedes go over to, to Dallas Svensson i think um Vitya have had a few players over the years and jane ross and and, and iffy and uh uh, Fiona Brown is is still a Rosengord, although I think possibly still injured. Yeah, she's um, still, she she was up, she was up at Peter's Hill Park watching the Glasgow City game, still injured. But yeah, she's obviously still there at the moment as well. But yeah, no, she's I've I've liked watching her her development as well. She went went to Eskilstuna uh, originally and then was signed by by Rosengord. And again, a point before she was in, she looked absolutely fantastic for for Rosengord, one of their one of their best players. Um, so it, it is a good league uh, for, for for development of of Swedes and maybe a, a part of why there have been so many over the years was um uh, when when Alison Yule was 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 Scotland manager and it's a little bit easier for them oh should I go shouldn't I but um hopefully there'll there'll be more going over as well as coming down to to WSL and uh, and going on to to improve the, the Scotland team. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, there's a lot of I've got a lot of time for Scandinavia. I, I like going to that part of the world, and I, I can see why Scottish players are attracted to it. Yeah, it's bloody cold sometimes, but yeah. um, it, it, there's a there's a kind of similar vibe to it. Um, thank you very much for coming on, Sophie. Um, do you want to plug anything at the moment? Let people know where they can get in contact with you. Um, they can find me on Twitter at uh, lawson underscore sv. Um, as long as they don't ask what the V stands for, and uh, that's probably the, the 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 best place to uh to to follow uh, what I do and and where I go and the horrible travel situations I put myself into. Yeah, I mean I would definitely recommend following so as much for the Scott uh, as much for the women's football content as I would for some of the situations in travel. I saw you put something up the other day about a room that 
had some facilities for washing, but not all. I think was that, was that yeah, right? Yeah, it I think he just said bathroom hairdryer instead of like <laughs> bath, shower, toilet, hairdryer. You just just hairdryer. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah, absolutely. Keep track of that. It's, it's definitely something worthwhile uh, worthwhile keeping track of. Um, of course, you can follow leading the line at leading the line, and you can follow me at MFP Tasty. Go on to the website, uh, www.leadingtheline.com. There's a, a written version of what we talked about, though Sophie's been far more eloquent than I have in terms of just firing numbers at you. Um, and we'll be back again once the Scottish season returns. But please go like, share, subscribe, tell everybody it's amazing, and I'll speak to you again soon. <laughs>